You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now, now there's been a, I've had a couple of questions uh, asked of me, and the main question I get about this video is, who was the guy spinning? That's me. You're welcome. <laughs> just kidding. It was Pastor Wong back there. Man, that guy's awesome. So um, just, just, I know Lee already told you to do this, but if you have your keys, let me hear your keys real quick. Oh, that's good. That's good. I expect high participation in this, so please participate. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so um, like Lee said, you know, we've been in our series, Major Keys, where we've been focusing on acquiring wisdom for the blessed life. Um, You remember Proverbs 4, verse 5 says, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not turn away, nor uh, do not turn away uh, from the words of my mouth. So let's go ahead and pray real quick, and we'll get into this. Lord, thank you so much for Today, thank you for the opportunity to come together as a church tribe, as a family, to learn more about you and just to spend time in your presence together. Lord, I just pray that you just bless today and you bless our time together. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So today I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about a man who was running. But before I tell you why he was running, I'll go ahead and tell you what he was up to. This man's name was Elijah, and Elijah is, uh, was a prophet of God, and um, Elijah just accomplished a really awesome, great spiritual victory in the name of God. And um, see, Elijah came face to face with over 400 prophets um, of a false god named Baal. And so as he faced these prophets, he told them, hey, I want you guys to build an altar, and I'm going to do the same, and I want you to put an offering on the top of that altar. And whosoever God torches the altar, whoever's God sets the altar on fire, is the one true God. And so being the gentleman that Elijah is, he says, you guys go first. And he's like laughing in the back. And he, and he uh, tells them, okay, guys, you guys go ahead. And he um, sits back and these prophets begin to dance. They begin to yell. They even begin to cut themselves all in the name of their God, Baal. And nothing happened. And so Elijah goes, okay, it's my turn. So he builds his altar. He digs a trench around uh, his altar, and then he begins to pour water over the wood, and he pours so much water that the trench around it was filled up with water as well. And after he finished building this altar, he then said a simple prayer, and he, uh, after he said that prayer, God instantly torched his altar to a point that everything was consumed, even the water around the altar, and it was in that moment that he proved that his God, our God, was the one true only living God, and that Baal was false. And instead of having the opportunity to stop and celebrate like much of San Antonio celebrated when this happened, we're still, I'm going to talk about it until Janelle retired. It's great. Oh, I was sad, right? Okay, so... You know, instead of having the opportunity to celebrate the way that we celebrate, he found himself on the run because he was receiving death threats from the queen of Israel, Queen Jezebel, who, if we're being honest, was already a terrible person to begin with. And if she were alive today, she'd look kind of something similar to this person here. Um, So Elijah has two choices, right? To run or to stay, to go or to die. Everybody say go. Oh, we're not paying attention? Come on, guys. Everybody say go. Back room two. Thank you. So Elijah decides to go. That's a smart thing to do, right? He's going to get killed. So he decides to go. So Elijah is going. He's running, and he's running, and he's running, and he's running. And the only thing going through his mind is I have to keep going because if I stop, I'm going to die. If I keep going, I'm going to get caught. So I have to keep going. 
Everybody say go. Oh, that was good. See, we live in a world today that is nothing but go, go, go all of the time. Go, go, go all the time. Food is ready for us in less than 30 seconds, right? So we can go on to the next thing. We get frustrated. You know how I know we live in a world that's nothing but go? On my way to church today, one, I got here like, you know, an hour before everybody. I got here, and as I was driving, there was a lady in front of me that was going so slow, and I was getting frustrated because she was taking her time, not because I was running late, not because I, you know, felt like I wasn't going to get to church on time, but because she was just going slow, and I was ready to go and get to the next step. And then I did what most of us do, right? You pull over to the side, and as you're driving by, you're like, like that, and you're just driving, and because we're frustrated. We want to go. We want to get to the next part. Oh, you can cut the video too if you want. Right? Most of us, we drink coffee. We talk on the phone. Right? And we drive all at the same time. Ladies, sometimes you throw your makeup into the mix. Mom. And so, and I, I don't understand how you do that. Or, you know, some of us, you know, we live in this growing age of multitaskers, this growing age of goers. Right? We're just, we're told to go all of the time, and we're, you know, we have more and more people that are you know, suffering from what Dr. Richard Swenson identifies as the overload syndrome, which is caused by stress and exhaustion and the constant need to save as much time as possible so that you can go on to the next thing. Everybody say go. go. Now, growing up, we're taught to give 110% in all we do. We're taught to give 110% in all we do, and that's really great, and that's a great way to live, but it is not great if it's all you constantly do every single day. If you're giving that percentage every single day without the opportunity to slow down, to relax, and to just stop. You know, when we do this, we begin to overload ourselves. When we begin to give that percentage all the time, we begin to overload ourselves to the point that we are now exceeding our limits, to the point that we are giving more than we are producing Right? And when we dig in deep and deep, uh, deeper and deeper and we start to give right, past our reserves and we have nothing to give, then we find ourselves exhausted and tired and unmotivated to go on to the next thing. Right? And this disease often happens throughout our people that you know, work seven days a week, six, seven days a week and get four hours of sleep at night. Some of us are proud of that. Right? We're like, yeah, I work so much. Oh, look at that badge of honor. Right? But if you're being honest with me and some of you guys walked in here today and you're like, man, I'm going to be honest, Robbie, I'm tired. And I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted and I'm drained. You know, some of us here love what we do a lot. I mean, like, if you're like me, I love my job. I can do it all day, every day. And, you know, I, I can do it without stopping, without sleeping, right? But some of us here sacrifice that rest and that sleep because we can't pull ourselves away from the things that we love to do the most. Or maybe some of us here are drained today because, you know, we've worked every single day this week. We've done everything we can so that we can attempt to acquire what we consider the blessed of life and acquiring stuff and things and social status and all of these things. And so we experience these moments where we just feel like, hey, if I stop, I'm not going to acquire those things. And on top of that, if I stop, I'm probably going to be a lazy person or I'm going to be considered a slacker. So I'm just going to keep going instead. Or, you know, I grew up with a single parent. And so I think of single parents a lot when I think of moments like this where, you know, you're not necessarily addicted to your work, but you have to work because you have to make ends meet. You have to just do anything you can to make sure you provide for your family or that you can just basically survive, right? And some of us are experiencing a moment in life where it's just stressful, we're overwhelmed, Right? And we just want to be further and further away from facing whatever moment it is that you're, that you're dealing with. Right? So instead, we focus all of our attention towards going all 
the time. Now, this is you. I can only imagine what you're going through, and I imagine that you're running on emotional fumes, and um, you know, maybe you feel like you're treading water and you're not going anywhere, so you just feel like you're just ready to give up. Or, um, you know, and if that's you, I, I just want to say I'm sorry, and I hate that you're going through that. I hate that you're experiencing this exhaustion, um, but I just want you to know that you have a church family that's here for you and that, you know, you're the reason why we're doing this series so that you can acquire wisdom to be able to navigate through this crazy, stressful, exhausting life just a little bit easier. You know, when we're running on our fumes, when we're running on those emotional fumes and we're experiencing that overload syndrome, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to, to feel depressed. It's easy to feel um, like you just want to lash out in anger towards the people that you love the most and, you know, and, and result of that you damage relationships. And I don't believe that that's who you really are. I definitely don't believe that that's who you want to be. So the question today that I want us to think about is how, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to get refreshed enough to live the true blessed of life that God has planned for us. Well, all throughout Scripture, we're reminded of the major key of rest. And you can read with me in Genesis chapter 2, um, where the Bible says, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he what? So he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. And we're going to talk about that holy day here just in a second. Because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. So after God created the, you know, everything in this world, you know, uh, the heavens and the earth, the sky, the moon, the stars, the plants, the land, the ocean, the fish of the sea, the birds uh, in the air, the animals, and, you know, eventually man. And after he put man in charge of everything, God looked at it all and said, man, this is incredible. This is awesome. And then he said, okay, now we're going to rest. Now we're going to take the moment and we're going to rest from all this. So Adam and Eve's first day on the job was a moment of rest, was a day off. I think that's pretty incredible. God sounds like the best boss ever. So he says, we're going to rest. I want you guys to take a day off because it's from your, from your rest that we are going to work. And the reason for that is because God wanted us to know that we don't have to do anything to be his. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to perform a certain way for him to love us. We don't have to do anything for him to share his life with us. And he wanted us to know that we can rest with a comfort and the knowledge that we don't have to perform, earn, or require a higher social status with God in order to appreciate and be able to experience an amazing rest. And as a result of that, we can then work from the rest that we just experienced. God wants us to rest. Uh, he, he wants us to work from our rest. And we see that very clearly in Psalm 23, verse one through three, you can read with me. The Lord is my shepherd, David writes. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. God wants us to work from our rest. And that's pretty opposite of what we experience in our world today, right? Most of us are working for the weekend where, you know, we work, 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 work. Anyways, we work all day and we are working for the weekend. We are working to earn the opportunity to experience rest. We are working for the opportunity to be able to sit in front of our TV and binge out on Netflix. Or, you know, most of us feel like we need to accomplish, you know, a set amount of things before we can tell ourselves, okay, you're good enough to be able to experience some downtime. But instead, God's saying, no, 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 I want you to rest 
and then work. I want you to work from your rest. Now, the holy day that God, now the day that, you know, God declared holy was called the Sabbath. And, you know, the Sabbath is more than just a day off from work. It's actually an opportunity for us to clear our minds, clear the deck of all things other than God and his presence so that we can, uh, so that we can be refreshed and restored in him. And so from that, from being refreshed, from, from being restored, then we can go on and do the works that he has planned to accomplish through us. Now, before we get into more on what the Sabbath is, I do want to talk to you guys about what it's not, okay? And if you're cool with it, I'm going to get real with you here for a second, City Church, so don't get too upset with me. But Sabbath is not an excuse for slacking. Sabbath is not an excuse for slacking. You know, there are people every single day that are using the word Sabbath, oh, I'm just taking a Sabbath, when really what they're doing is, hey, I just want to be lazy, Right? People want to use and abuse the Sabbath to just be lazy, which is why people who slack constantly are always feeling anxious, right? And they, they always feel like they're restless because they're being lazy instead of using the Sabbath for what it's truly for, to be restored and to, uh, and to refresh you. And the truth is, you can't experience the fullness of rest if you're not working. And that's just the truth. You can't experience the fullness of rest if you don't work. And um, we see that in 2 Thessalonians where Paul writes, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Those unwilling to work won't get to eat. I feel like my grandpa has told me that a thousand times when he asked me to do yard work with him. You can't eat if you don't mow the lawn, right? You, you cannot experience the fullness of rest if you don't eat. And like we, you know, we said earlier, we've been reading through Proverbs all month. Who's been doing the Proverbs challenge with us, right? One proverb a day keeps the devil away, right? And so that's what we're doing. And, you know, I discovered a warning as I was reading through this in Proverbs 6, a warning against slacking. And you can read with me here in Proverbs 6. Um, the scripture says, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones, which is an awesome word, by the way, lazy bones, right? Um, lazy bones in Hebrew actually means sluggard, which also means slug. So, hey, you slugs, you know, take a lesson from the ants, you slugs. Um, learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will, pou uh, poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Sabbath is not an excuse for slacking. Sabbath is not an excuse for slacking. So if you might fall in that slacking category, if you were honest and you're like, yeah, you know what, I fall in that slacking category, I want to encourage you today that God has an incredible plan for your life. God has planned to do so many awesome things in your life right now, but he cannot use you, right, if you're constantly sitting around playing video games all day, if the only way that you see, you know, what's going on outside of your house is through Snapchat or Instagram or any sort of social media Right? And God definitely can't use you if you're just wasting your life away, sitting around, getting high, and doing nothing. Right? God can't use you, and he wants to. So I want to encourage you with that, because there is a child, there is a teenager, there is somebody around you right now that is looking up to you, whether you know it or not. There is somebody that is looking up to you, and right now you may be setting the standard for how they might live their life. So I want to encourage you to get up and get going. And the cool thing about being at City Church downtown is that you don't have to do this alone. We can get up and we can get going with you. That's an incredible thing about our church. Okay, so be encouraged by that. Now for those of us who are workaholics, those of us who work all day, every day, God wants to use you too. 
but he can't use you if you're burned out all the time. God cannot use you if you are constantly being burned out all the time. And so a question for you is, well, how do we slow down? How do we relax? How do we take it easy? Right? How do we take that break? Well, we take it in two ways, and this can be our major key alert today. No? Nobody? All right. Our major major key alert today, which is take care of your body and seek God's kingdom. I'm going to point to you, and I want you to say our major key alert today. Ready? Take care of your body and seek God's kingdom. Presence. Wow. I don't even know my own big idea. It's right here in front of me. That's funny. Take care of your body. Seek God's presence. So Elijah is running, and he's running, and he's running, and he's running, and he's running, and all he thinks is go, 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 because he's being hunted, and if he stops, he's going to die. So he has to keep going because he doesn't want to get caught. But Elijah's at a point now where he's exhausted. He's ready to give up. He's ready to just stop. He's exhausted to the point, to kind of make this tangible for you, you know, some of us uh, have, who, who here has kids at Kid City, right? You know how exhausted you are after you walk up the stairs to Kid City? That's basically how Elijah is feeling right now. So he is, he is beyond exhausted. He's at a point where he is ready to give up, and he tells God, he says, I have had enough, Lord. I've had enough. Take my life, for I am no better than the ancestors who have already died. He says, I give up. 1 Kings 19, 5 through 8, Elijah said, or this is what happens in, uh, to Elijah next. Then he lay down, right? He gives up. He lays down. He's like, I'm going to die. And he slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up. And what's that word? Eat. Get up and eat. In other words, this angel's coming to Elijah and saying, hey, dude, you need to get up and you need to take care of your body. Get up, take care of your body. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted, but you need to get up and you need to eat. So he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. Some of us right now are in the middle of a very long journey. Some of us are in the middle of a moment in life where we feel like, hey, you know what? This is overwhelming. I'm exhausted. I don't know if I can get through this. And this is God saying, hey, you need to take care of your body or else this journey is going to be too much for you and you're not going to make it through it. But if you stop and you take care of your body and if you trust me, then something amazing is going to happen just like it happened to Elijah. Go ahead and keep reading with me. So he got up ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. Elijah couldn't even travel for a whole day without feeling like he was going to die, and God restored him enough to allow him to travel for 40 days and 40 nights. That's incredible. Elijah laid down believing that he was in the moment of death, he said, you know what? I give up. I might as well die. And God turned that moment into a, a moment that would refresh and restore Elijah's strength so he can go further and stronger than ever before. And I want to encourage you with that today, too. If you're in that moment as well and you're ready to give up and you're ready to die, then it is your time right now to get up and take care of your body because God is going to take you further and stronger than ever before. And it starts when we 
take care of our body. Eat well, sleep well, drink well when the opportunities present themselves. Right? Our major key alert, take care of your body and uh, seek God's presence. Now the second part to the Sabbath, the second part to the Sabbath, and this is the most important part in my opinion, is our Sabbath is intended, our Sabbath is intended for us to be refreshed and restored, like I said earlier, in the presence of God. And so we want to seek God to be a part of our rest. We want to seek God's presence. So how did Elijah seek God's presence? How did he go on to go and search for God to be a part of his Sabbath? Well, he went to a place where God first made his covenant with Israel, the place where he gave Moses the Ten Commandments. He went to the mountain of God. He went to Mount Sinai. And it was there that he went in searching for God. He went to a place where he knew, hey, if I go here, I'm going to find God. I'm going to get to experience God. And so as he got to this mountain, he, you know, the first thing he was greeted with was a, uh, the Bible says, fierce, violent wind that was so strong that it started to tear the mountain apart. And Elijah looked for God in that wind, but God was not in the wind. And then Elijah um, experienced an earthquake, but God was not found in the earthquake. And then Elijah experienced a fire, a fire so strong, just like the fire he experienced uh, with his altar. But God was not in the altar. And after all the craziness and all the commotion finally came to a standstill, there Elijah experienced God. And some versions of the Bible say that Elijah experienced or heard a, uh, a still voice. Some call it a gentle whisper, and others call it the sound of sheer silence. You know, a lot of times we search for God as we're going and going and going, and we're looking for, we're looking for God, and we're saying, God, I need your help. God, I need your presence. God, I need your peace, right? But as we're going, we're experiencing all this noise, and we're going and going and going. But Elijah here shows us something incredible. He shows us that he slowed down, right? He stopped running. He slowed down. He stopped and he was silent. And it was in the silence that God's presence was revealed to Elijah. And it's in our, it's in our silence that God's presence is revealed to us. And in that silence, Elijah was able to experience God in all he, in all he is. Right? The protection, the relationship, the love, the peace. A peace that I believe a lot of us are searching for today. And it started when God eliminated all the noise, when Elijah decided to stop running, when God eliminated the noise that Elijah was experiencing so that he can experience the true silence, the true peace of God. Take care of your body. Seek God's kingdom. Those two things. You know, right now, God is inviting you to a rest that will refresh your spirit far beyond than you can ever imagine. And so I'm encouraging you today through these two things, taking care of your body and seeking God's kingdom, that you'll be able to experience the true rest that restored Elijah to go as far as he did. You know, I encourage you to plan a day, right? Trust that, you know, everything at work is going to be fine. I I encourage you to to trust that God's going to provide for you and your family if you take a little moment off to just restore yourself and just refresh yourself. I ask you to trust that. I ask you to seek out opportunities to rest, right? Take a bike ride, read a book, binge on Netflix for a little bit, right? Whatever that looks like for you and, and 
You know, if you're wondering right now, well, what am I supposed to do? What is my Sabbath supposed to look like? That's the exciting part of the Sabbath. You get to discover what that is for you, right? You get to discover the moment, right, where you can experience God the most, the moment that you can sit and experience God's presence the most. An example for me, it's kind of weird, but I, I enjoy washing my car. I like washing my car. I don't know if it's the vacuums or what, but I, in that moment, I feel like, man, this is awesome. You know, throw some good music, and you just experience God in that moment. Um, I was talking to Pastor Humby about this um, a little while ago as I was preparing for this message, and I go, hey, well, what's, what restores you? What helps you out in the moments that, you know, you need to be refreshed and whatnot? And his thing is, he goes, I love taking my family to the park. He goes, I love watching my family run around where I get to be outside and I get to experience the beauty of God. It's so tangible for him in those moments. And so, you know, I encourage you and, you know, I, I ask you, hey, you know, take care of your body, see God's presence and find the moment, find that moment that you can be silent and you can experience all that God is for you. And so right now, if you, have, if you haven't ever had that experience or that opportunity to just stop and slow down and, you know, you're feeling kind of restless and you're just like, man, I just, I just want to rest. I just want to be able to just close my eyes for a little bit and think about nothing other than just me and God. Well, right now, we're going to create that moment for you. We're going to create that experience for you. And so right now, I'm going to ask everybody just to close their eyes. You know, and as the band plays, I just want you to just imagine this room, which is you and God. Just you and God. This is a moment that you can just talk to God. You can share with him what you're going through. Ask him questions. But take full advantage of this time. Because I believe that somebody in here is going to experience the rest finally that they've been looking for. And it starts when we take care of our bodies and we seek God's presence. eyes closed and, and I feel like some of us walked in here today and we have just restless souls where our souls are just restless right? 
Some of us here have souls that are just ready to experience a true rest, a rest that can only be discovered by the one true God, a rest that can only be given to us by God, not by acquiring things, not by um, acquiring a higher social status, not by our relationships with other people, but a rest that can only be given to us from God, the one true God, the God that Elijah showed everybody was true and real. Well, that's you. I want to remind you of what Jesus says in Matthew 11. He says, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give to you is light. Well, if you're one of those restless souls, I want to encourage you today that there is a God who is ready to carry that burden of your stressful life, to carry that burden of your loneliness, to carry that burden of your regret or your shame or your pain. There's a God who cares that much about you, so much that he would give up his one and only son for you so that you wouldn't ever have to walk on this earth alone, ever so that every wrong thing you may ever do for every stressful moment you may be experiencing in your life can only be forgiven but be taken up from you so you can experience a much better life, not just here on earth, but a life eternally in heaven. And all it takes for you to enter into that rest, all it takes for you to secure that rest and that relationship is just you simply believing that that is true there is a God out there who would do all of this just for you. And if you are somebody that's ready to take that step into that moment, to take, to take that step into that relationship, then it's as simple as believing in your heart, believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, Lord, I believe that you are God. I believe you did this for me. I believe that you're ready to take up this burden I've been carrying. And then all it takes is just believing in your heart that that is true. And so you can pray with me if you'd like to pray today to walk into that relationship. And again, these aren't magic words. It's all about the condition of your heart. But you can say, Lord, I acknowledge that I have been running for far too long without you in my life. And today I choose to slow down. I choose to stop. And I choose to believe in who you are and all that you did for me. God, thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus, and the sacrifice that you made through him on my behalf. And thank you so much for finally giving my soul rest. And every head bowed, I just want to go ahead and pray over all of us here today. God, thank you so much for the Sabbath. God, I pray that you continually present us with opportunities to rest so that we may be refreshed and restored by you. Lord, I thank you for the incredible works that you will accomplish through our rest. And I thank you for your constant protection, your constant love, your constant presence. And for all the opportunities that you have given us to experience you every single day. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. It's in your son's name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.